Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Throughout the, 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 the series on Ephesians, we're looking at what is this Christianity, okay? And we focused in from the beginning until uh, uh, last week, we've been focusing on different aspects, how it's not just a religion, it's a relationship. Focusing in on how God sees us and w- what lives inside of us, who lives inside of us, the, you know, God Himself. And because of that, we can live this Christian life, not just a life of power, but a life of love. Forgiving people as Christ has forgiven us, etc., etc. So we've, we've gone on this journey of, of looking at the reality of Christianity. And I just wanted to pause on getting into Ephesians chapter 5, which we'll get into maybe next week, and uh, um, the end of Ephesians chapter 5, and, say, uh, and speak about two reasons for the problems that we would be facing in our lives, or two reasons for the challenges that we would be facing in our lives. Okay? Number one... I believe there's really only two reasons for being overcome. That's what I mean. Being overcome by challenges. Number one, you're not born again. (laughs) So the answer is, get born again. Become a Christian. Number two, we all know that we have problems in our lives. Amen? As Christians. So so then what does number one mean? (laughs) Okay, but the point is, is now as Christians... The reason why we would feel like we're overcome or we're being overcome is because we don't know what happened to us when we got born again. You know, the, 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 Jesus said in uh, um, John chapter what's it, 8, verse 32, He said, You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Okay? So freedom comes from knowing the truth, knowing Jesus. Okay? In Hosea it says, My people perish because... The devil is so strong. Yeah, this is this is the problem in a Christian's life. It's not the devil. It's ignorance. It's misinformation. It's not knowing the truth. Okay? Because we're going through life blind, just, just focused on, on what the world fo- is focused on, and as a result, we, we experience what the world experiences. And yet we're different. Okay? Now let me show you how different we are. <laughs> One John... Chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is born of God. Okay, so whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, that's what it's meaning, is born of God. So now, this is how different we are from the world. Okay, we're born of God. It's not just a, a a new label. Okay, it's not like you 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 just took the unbeliever label off and said now I'm a believer. Okay, most believers live like that, but that it's it's much more rich than that. It's much deeper than that. Think about it in terms of. I, I, I remember mentioning this the other week, and and you guys got the answer right. So well done. Let's see if you can do it again. A dog gives birth to a, a dog, okay? A, 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 a plant, I know this isn't the correct terminology, but an apple tree produces a, an apple tree. So it's, it, it, you know, it, everything produces after its own kind. A chicken gives birth to a, an egg, thank you. 
and you did it right last time as well. The point is, is that everything produces after its own kind. So if we're born of God, I'm not saying we are God or we're little gods or anything, but we're, we, there's something divine about us. We're children of God. Okay? You go down and you read verse 4 there. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. It says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So, because we're born of God, and we have this world-overcoming faith, we, 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 we've overcome the world. John 16 verse 33, Jesus says, In this world you will have trouble. So, you know, there you go. There's a prophecy for you tonight. <laughs> okay, you, you're going to have trouble in the world, whether it's persecution or, or whether it's your geezer breaking or your car breaking down sometime or getting a flat tire or someone reversing into you uh, 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 when you came to church. That one Sunday, someone reversed into someone. Uh, you know, you, we, we have things happen in our lives, but you know, there's going to be trouble. But Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. So because we're in Christ, we can overcome. Okay, and this is what this is saying. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So that means we should be overcomers. We should be more than conquerors. Not because we're strong, but because of who is living in us. Okay, this is, a lot of Christians don't overcome because they don't know they can Okay, uh, I mean, I've, I've had many people, uh, uh, you know, please would you pray for me if, um, for healing, because if it's God's will for me. You know, it, 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 you're not going to overcome as long as you're not convinced that healing is God's will for you. If you're convinced that, 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 that you know, what, what John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life abundant. So if we're convinced that if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. Then what are we going to do? James 4 verse 7. We're going to submit ourselves to God and the good things that he brings. And we're going to resist the devil. And then we can see him flee. But what a lot of Christians are doing because of misinformation or because of ignorance is they submit to what the devil's bringing in their life. And they go, wow God, I don't know why you're bringing this cancer into my life. But thank you. Because we think that we must give thanks for all circumstances. That scripture says, go look it up. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances. Not everything that happens in your life is from God. Okay? Let me say it in a, in a, in a more blunt way. God's not in control of everything in your life. If He was, then why are... The, some of the people in our lives, no, no your present company excluded, why are some of the people in our lives morons sometimes? Because if God was in control of everything and your personality and everything, then surely everybody would be nicer. We wouldn't have bad people doing bad things because He's a good God. Okay? But religion twists that and says, but He's trying to make you stronger. He's putting this pressure on you saying, you're like a diamond. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's keep going with this. There, there, you know, there's this, 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 this twisted belief that, I, I mean, the Bible says God, like Jesus is the good shepherd and we are his sheep. Amen? And so now, someone took this analogy from, from a, a, a real life shepherd and said, you know, if we wander off, God's going to break your legs 
and put him over your shoulders so that you can stay close to him and learn to hear his heart. It's rubbish. And that's a very popular worldwide speaker who wrote a book on that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. God doesn't break your legs. <laughs> okay, God doesn't, if it's, if it's uh, what's it, kill, steal and destroy, it's from the thief. It's not from God. Okay, Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly. And so this might be the answer for someone. I don't know of a situation like this. The reason why that loved one died wasn't God. It may have been sickness. It may have been a tragedy. It may have been an accident. You know, but why did God take this young person so soon? You know, they died in a car accident after overdosing. Why did God take them? I mean, think about it. They chose to overdose. They chose to get behind the wheel of a car. They got into an accident and now we blame God. It doesn't make sense. Okay? God's not in control of everything. Otherwise, James 4 verse 7, we should just scratch it out of the Bible. And it says, submit to God, resist the devil. So that means there's two opposing forces at work here. Okay? Even in, in, in Ephesians, we're going to get into it uh, one of these weeks. You know, Paul writes and he says, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. And he doesn't say our battle is against God. <laughs> he says our battle is against principalities. So we've got to realize that not everything that happens in our, our, our lives is from God. Or allowed by God. There's, there, there's an enemy who's out to get you. And a lot of Christians don't overcome because they don't realize that. Okay, But we are born of God so we can overcome the world. It was interesting in Zululand. I don't know if I should be careful with this, but uh, it was interesting in terms of just um, the different mindsets and what's going on there. So you've got Sangormas all over the place, okay? And apparently they're making, uh, uh, um, we're told they were making, what's it, sacrifices to try and kill us because they don't want us there. And my response to that was, good luck. <laughs> I don't know if the whole team and everybody that was with us felt the same, but it wasn't like, I'm not bothered. What are they going to do? You can't curse what God is blessed, and I'm blessed. So, you know, if you go, if you know that, then you're fine. But years back, now, 13, 14, 15 years ago, you know, we were waking up because the, the, we were following someone else's schedule. So they were having us up at 5 in the morning for prayer, you know, just to get ready for the day. It was good. But anyway, I'll leave it there. 15 years ago, I would have been up maybe at 4 to pray. Because I'd be like, we need to get under the blood. <laughs> we, we need to make sure that we're okay. I probably wouldn't have slept thinking of what the witch doctors are doing. Now I'm like, I'm not bothered. <laughs> Do the sacrifice in my room while I'm sleeping if you want. <laughs> it's not going to do anything to me. Seriously. Because greater is he that's in me. Let's read it. 1 John 4 verse 4. This is what a lot of Christians don't realize. You have God, little children, 1 John 4, 4, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The problem is we don't know it or we don't believe it. We don't feel like we deserve it. One of the biggest problems in the Christian's life is we, we don't feel worthy. And that causes us not to receive healing because I don't know if I deserve it. That causes us not to be bold in prayer because I don't know if I'm allowed to. I've made some mistakes. You know, we, 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 in, in, in the Zulu culture, there's a lot of, there's a sacrificial system still. 
Where, where, you know, someone dies, you offer a sacrifice so they can take it to heaven with them to be accepted. And I don't know what other sacrifices they do, but they're sacrificing. Okay? In our culture, they might not be there. But we sacrifice. We, we, we make mistakes. And you'll, you'll start to punish yourself to try and make right. So you'll, you'll, you'll fast. <laughs> your, your motivation for fasting now is, I need to make right with God. Or you'll, you'll read your Bible, which is a good thing. Amen? Reading your Bible is a good thing. But if you're reading your Bible to try and get brownie points with God because you feel bad, it's, it's not right. You know, and so, so, so we, we're doing the right thing maybe with the wrong motivation because we don't know that we're accepted, we're worthy. Okay? And, and, and if we know that we're worthy and we know that how God sees us, then we're not going to worry about, do, can I actually pray this prayer? Yeah, Shane, that was quite bold for you to say that Sangoma can come and sacrifice in your room. I don't know if I could do that because maybe there's some chinks in my armor. <laughs> That's the problem. You know, the armor, it's not your armor, it's the armor of God. If you go read Ephesians. If it's the armor of God, then there's no chinks in it, right? It's perfect. You're not wearing your own armor. We've got the helmet of salvation, okay? <laughs> And so, you know what most Christians do when the, the enemy is coming? They maybe lift the visor and they, 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 they scream. Because they see the devil coming, or sickness coming, or whatever coming. And then the devil realizes it's not God in that armor. And so then he, he, he can play with you. Because you don't know who you are. Okay? Keep the visor on and just act like God. <laughs> Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, 2 Corinthians, sorry. Uh, all things have become new. Okay? So we've got to see ourselves as new creations. Let, let, let me ask the question. New creation from what? This is, this is super, super basic. And I'm saying it because I've heard people say the opposite. And so it needs to be said again and again. Okay? How many of you make mistakes in this room? Okay, my hand is up, by the way. I know you're surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but we, 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 we all make mistakes. Okay, what, another word for mistake would be? Sin. You're very quick to say that, Malcolm. But the point is, <laughs> is now what we do is we, 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 we define ourselves often by our actions. By what we see and not by the word. Okay? We, we, we often defining our, our, ourselves by what we do and what we feel and not by what we see in the word, the mirror of the word. And what we've got to do is learn to see what the mirror says, the Bible says, what God says about us, not what we're doing and not what we, we, we're um, uh, feeling. For example, and I've used this example before, but if I act like a dog, it doesn't make me a dog. Okay, I can sew a tail on, I can put ears on, I can get hair implants all over my body. It's not going to make me a dog. Okay, it's, I don't know if you know this doctor, but it's a species dysphoria. Actually, you can look on YouTube, there's people who, who, who are like that. And, and, and the point is, it doesn't make you a dog. You can't make yourself a dog because you're born a human. Okay, now someone who acts like a dog as a human doesn't make them less human. It just makes them in need of some help. <laughs> it's true. Okay? 
It's true. Now, a Christian is born of God. How can you be a sinner? You're born of God. How can you be a sinner? Does God give birth to sin? No. He gives birth to righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Look at this verse. For He has made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You have now been made righteous. So, all things, including sinner, have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are now like Jesus. Righteous. Right with God. 100% right with God. 100% of the time. The problem is, is when we're judging ourselves by our actions, we see our mess, we see our mistakes, we see our shortcomings, and then we go, well, I thank God for His grace because I'm just a sinner saved by grace. We've got to change that confession and say, I was a sinner. I got saved by grace. Now I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we need to start identifying ourselves the way that God sees us, which is right, righteous, not sinner. If you're saying that you're a sinner, even if you make a mistake, if I start barking, it doesn't make me a dog. Okay? I'm not going to. But if I start acting like a clown, okay, the clown is a person dressed up, right? So that's fine. If I start acting like an animal, I'm not an animal. Again, it just makes me in need of some help. Okay? As a Christian, if you sin, it doesn't make you a sinner. I'm glad you're enjoying this, Ilana. <laughs> if, if you sin, it doesn't make you a sinner. It makes you a saint who's sinning. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what's, what, what you are doing by sinning is proving that you aren't thinking right in your heart. By sinning, by doing the wrong thing, you're proving that you aren't thinking right in your heart. And it's also proving that your confession about yourself, what you think about yourself is wrong. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so, we don't feel worthy because we see ourselves in the wrong, uh, 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 the wrong light. Another reason why we would um, not uh, overcome and why we would be overcome is because we don't realize how close to God we are. I like to ask the question often of, um, on a scale of 0 to 100%, how close are you to God right now? And we should answer 100%. But ask how close do you feel to God? Yeah, maybe you don't feel so close. But the truth is, you're 100% close to God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with Him. So if we're one spirit with the Lord, then that, yeah, that word one is one to the exclusion of any other. It means that you're completely one. His spirit is now your spirit. You, you can't separate yourself from God. Okay, and yet a lot of Christians go through their life wondering, where is God right now in my life? All this stuff is going on, I don't know where God is. God, I, I, you feel so far from me. And what have I done? Please come back. Let me fast. Maybe He comes back. <laughs> you want to fast now? And I know. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. So we've got to see ourselves like God sees us. You can't get rid of him. 
You can't get rid of him. You're dragging him wherever you want, wherever he doesn't want to go sometimes. Okay? But we have a separation mentality in Christianity. Because it, it's, it's a religion, a religious mentality of separation. Now this is, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to go through a couple of verses there, starting in verse 1. But this is the thing. A lot of uh, separation mentality is religion, really, because it says, God is far and I'm over here. God is far and I'm over here. I don't know where God is. I need to attract His presence. You know how you attract His presence? I'm going to give you a simple prayer for it. Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sin. (laughs) I believe that He was raised from the dead and I confess Him as Lord. In the name of Jesus, thank you, I'm born again. Amen. Now you're born again, you come close to God. You can't get out of it. You're one with Him. Okay? You know, it's not about singing the right song in the right key and dancing hard until you sweat or whatever to try and get the presence of God to pitch up. It's like the presence of God is now in you. And you just need to acknowledge it and perceive it and realize it. But there's a separation mentality. If, if you read the Old Testament, there's a separation mentality. If you read the... It, 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 it's, it, it's there. Uh, let's go to verse 1 here. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with these sacrifices... Uh, which they offered continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. So what this is saying is that there was the law that was given to the Jews. Now Hebrews is written to the Jews, the Jewish mind. It's not written to the Christian mind, the Gentile mind. Okay, It's written to, uh, there's a mixed audience. It's written to Jews who haven't made the decision to receive Christ. It's written to Jews who are on the fence. And it's written to Christians who, who were Jews. Okay, and this is all Old Testament temple language. You know, as Gentiles, non-Jews, we don't we don't do the, the sacrificial system, the 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 the, 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 the high priest, all that type of stuff. It's not our language. So when we're approaching Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, we have to come with an understanding. We have to seek an understanding of uh, a Judaism. And we've got to remind ourselves that we're not supposed to try and be Jews. We're just there to learn from that because Jesus came to bring a new way, a new and living way. Okay, so for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come. So that says the law but was a shadow, but there was something better coming. Which so many Christians turn to the law and not to the better thing. So, so a lot of the time we're not experiencing victory in our lives because we're looking to the law for victory. We're not looking to the better thing. Okay? Colossians, I'm coming back to, to Hebrews. I just want to read you uh, something from Colossians chapter 1. Where is it? Colossians chapter 2 verse 17. 16 and 17, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of a new moon, or of Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the, the reality is Christ. The body is Christ. So this is showing us that the law is not our reality. The law is not our reality. Christ is. The law was a shadow. The reality is Christ. The law was pointing to Jesus. It goes on in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. 
And it says that these sacrifices that were offered year after year couldn't make the worshipper or the, the offerer, it couldn't make them pure. Okay? It couldn't purify them. Because if it could purify them, they would have no more consciousness of sin. No more awareness of sin. So, perfect. listen to this. Perfect sacrifice equals no more conscious of sin. No more awareness of sin. Many Christians are focused on sin because they don't realize what Jesus has done. Or they're not focused on what Jesus has done. You know, if your prayer life is filled with most, most, of, most of all, I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> if you've got sorry prayers, I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me, Lord. And that's all you're praying. You're not focused. You don't realize what Jesus did for you. And I'm sure God's uh, uh, waiting very patiently for you to change your prayer so that, so that He can enjoy fellowship with you. But we shouldn't, if there's a perfect offering, a perfect sacrifice, we should not be focused in on sin anymore. It says there, but though in those sacrifices there remained, uh, 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 there was a reminder of sin every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. So the blood of bulls and goats was coming just to cover sin, but it couldn't take it away. And next year they came again, and they came again the next year, and every time they brought the offering they were reminded of the problem. Okay? But then, going down to verse 10, By that will we have been sanctified, made holy, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. For by one offering He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So, that's verse 14. What's awesome here is that you have been made holy through Jesus' offering. So now you don't have to bring an offering. Now, in view of God's mercies, you can offer yourself a living sacrifice. But you don't have to do anything to get close to God because He made the way to get close to you. Okay? And it says there, verse 14, By that one offering, He's perfected you forever. He's perfected you forever. So, a religious saying, which is wrong, would be, you ready for it? God's still working on me. Now, I know that your, your personality maybe needs a touch or two. And I know that maybe you're thinking wrong. And I know that maybe you're acting wrong in some areas. And so, in a way, we need some adjustment. We need some change. But the change doesn't happen because God goes like this. Okay? Or blows on you. Or whatever. COVID restrictions prevent me from blowing on you. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make is that... that you know, we, we're not, um, <laughs> we, we, we change and we transform by the renewing of our minds. Okay, the Holy Spirit's involved in that, but God is enforcing that on you. God's working on me is blaming God for your, your, your current situation, <laughs> for, for the way that you are. God made me like this is, is maybe not 100% accurate. Because you are His workmanship created, past tense, in Christ Jesus. So He's finished working on you. And now you've just got to choose to start thinking in line with Him. And then you start to experience transformation. Verse 17 says, Their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. So we're looking at, why aren't we living in victory? 
Why are we not overcoming? Why are we overcome sometimes? Okay? And one of the reasons is, like I said, we don't feel worthy. Why? Because we think, we, we don't believe this verse. This is probably one of the biggest uh, verses, or one of the verses in the Bible which is believed the least. Okay? Because Christians' prayers don't, are not in agreement with this verse. God is saying, I will not remember your sin anymore. And then we're remembering it, we're reminding each other of it, and then we're reminding God of it in prayer. And then we feel bad, we feel condemned, we feel unfit for use, we feel like morons, we feel like we're we're unworthy, and now we're supposed to pray for, for healing for someone. Now we're supposed to trust for healing for ourselves. Now we're supposed to trust God for, for provision or whatever it is. Now we're supposed to try and hear from God and yet we're so focused in on something that makes us feel unworthy because we don't believe that He's not remembering our sin. It's quiet. Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh. Now this, I believe what this is saying, is not that the blood of Jesus has made a way for you to enter into the holy, of holies, the presence of God, whenever you want. What I believe this is saying is that the blood of Jesus has made a way for us to enter into the holy of holies. And stay there. The Christian doesn't leave it. The Christian is always in the Holy of Holies and the Holy of Holies is always in you. Because the Spirit of God does not leave you. And a lot of us don't overcome because we don't realize how close we are to God. And that the blood of Jesus has made a way for us to be close with Him. I mean, you've got the same power, Romans chapter 8, 11, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in you. Giving life to your mortal body. That, that, that should turn your lights on. <laughs> that should light us up like a Christmas tree. Amen? Amen? Look, Colossians chapter 1. Another reason why we, we, we don't um, overcome and, and why we don't walk in victory. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? And has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to read it again. Think about your prayer life for a moment. (laughs) Who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now this is showing us what happened to us when we got saved. This is showing us what we have as believers. And yet, a lot of Christians, the defeated ones, defeated Christians, are waiting for deliverance from the power of darkness. Are waiting to be translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Who are praying for redemption through His blood. And who are asking God for forgiveness of sin. And yet, this is all an established fact, and the reason we don't experience it is because we don't believe it. We don't believe it. We don't know what we've got. And if we don't know what you've got, then the enemy can lie to you as the father of lies, and he can, he can take your hook, line, and sinker, and make you run around chasing your tail, 
and, and just make you focus on the wrong thing. And yet, we've got the authority of Christ in us to be able to rise up and overcome. Another verse, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 5. Now, you, I went into depth on these verses uh, earlier on in, in the Reality of Christianity series. And in Ephesians chapter, I'm going to have to avoid going too deep here, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, it, it's describing something about us. And it says, even when we were dead in sins, has He quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So this is saying that now we're made alive in Him. Verse 6, and has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The, the Passion Version puts it like this. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and as and we ascended with him into glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated with, uh, as one with Christ. So we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Basically, put, put it like this. You've got more authority over the enemy than he has over an ant. But you don't know what you've got in Christ, and so that's why he's playing with you. That's why he's making us run around in circles, because we don't realize that we're seated in a place of authority. When we know who's in us, it'll transform our lives. And it'll transform the way that we pray. It'll transform the way that we, we believe God. It'll transform the way that we, we, we um, uh, 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 engage in spiritual warfare. It'll, it'll change everything. The way that we witness to someone. The way that we love someone. It'll change everything. But we need to awaken to the reality of who lives in us. End of Colossians chapter 1. I want to read... 28 to 29 from the Passion. It says this, Colossians 1, 28 to 29. Christ is our message. And I, I have to pause there and say this. This is why so many Christians are, I'm not talking about sick health-wise, but just sick in general. They're not living in the fullness of what, they, of what God's got for them. Because Christ is not the message that we have largely in the church. We're preaching about many things, but not really Jesus. A lot of messages are focused in on carnality. A lot of messages are focused in on uh, greed, attracting us because of the greed in us. Okay? I I said this in Zululand, and and it's a great example. If it can burn, it's not really spiritual. (laughs) If it can burn, it's not really eternal. So whatever it is that, that, that messages are encouraging you to get or to seek or whatever, if it can burn, you're wasting your time. Now God is interested in the here and now, but we shouldn't be overemphasizing that in light of eternity. So Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. So you judge the messages that you're receiving, that you're listening to. Are the messages awakening your heart and bringing you into the full understanding of truth regarding Christ? 
I'm trying not to use examples. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Next line. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with His power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. You know, when, we, when, we, when we're sitting under the Word, when we're studying the Word, it should bring us, we, we're always one with Christ, but in our hearts and our understanding, it should bring us closer to Jesus, into a deeper revelation of Jesus. So that we can have a greater overflow and a greater fruitfulness in our lives. Something which, which is eternal. Amen? Amen? So Father, I just I thank you that, that right now for, for every single one of us in this room, that there's just a quickening in our hearts to this revelation of you in us. That it would cause us to rise up. It would cause us to, to be bold. It would cause us to overcome. And not be overcome. Because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. Thank you, Father, that, that we are not victims. We are victors. Thank you that we don't have to have a victim mentality. Even when things are going rough, we can still have a victorious mentality. Because we have you in us. We have you with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Thank you, Father, that we've got the greatest thing ever the greatest gift ever it's you you living in us you with us we're not just living for you we're living with you we've been crucified with christ we no longer live but christ lives in us thank you that that this is our new reality as believers that we are one with you. Your power, your life is in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We, we just, we just so thankful, Father, for, for what you've done for us. That, that, that you made a way that, that, that enabled you to, to live in us. To, to be one with us. We don't come to church to meet with you. We come to church to meet with each other. We come to receive from you in each other. But we can, we can meet with you wherever we are, wherever we go. We just thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just sense that there's a number of issues in, in, in the room in a sense of you know, people facing sickness, people facing challenges, people like, um, like different, different challenges in life, finances, whatever. And, and I just feel like, you know, it's, 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 we could pray for you if you want to come up afterwards, that's fine. But this message is the answer to you for your, for your situation. Focus in on Christ in you. Focus in on who you are in Christ. And then speak to that mountain. Don't, don't speak to God about how bad your problems are, but, but, but just tell that mountain how big your God is and tell that mountain what to do, that problem. Because Christianity is Christ in us, the hope of glory. God's not far from you. 
If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.